Hallelujah. I pray you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you didn't eat too much. You know the kind like where you're miserable for the next four to six hours and you promise God you'll fast 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> but then about six hours later you say, is there any pie left? So thankful for what the Lord is doing. Thankful. Thanksgiving really needs to be every day of our lives, being thankful for what God is doing in our lives and for our lives. Amen. Many of us today, if it wasn't for the mercy of God, would not even be alive today. We lived our lives so recklessly and so sinful that, that really if God had chosen to take us, he'd had every right. But thank God for mercy today. He saw something in you that you couldn't see in yourself. He put hope in you where you felt there was no hope. I'm destined. This is my life. This is how I'm going to live. This is the way it's always going to be. But God intervened and said, no, no. I, I got a plan for your life. I got a purpose for your life. And, and that's what I want to give for you. Hallelujah. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter number 6. Let's look to the Word of the Lord today and pray God will help us this morning in our hunger and our desire to know God. Uh, I want to know more about serving God. There's so much to learn about God and, and His ways. I, I have to realize God's got a plan and a purpose. Amen? The King's business has to be done the King's way. I want you to catch that. The king's business has to be taken care of or followed out the king's way. That's why he's called the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's the king of my life. If he's not on the throne of your heart, that means you are. That means he's not the Lord of Lords. He's not the King of Kings. 1 Corinthians 6.20 said, For you are bought with a price. You are no longer your own. When I repented of my sins, and I was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, I gave up me to walk with Him. And we begin to realize it's, it's a dying out. You and I were created in His image and His likeness. God is trying to develop that in our lives over the rest of our lives, that we could become what God has called us to be. And again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. 2 Samuel 6 and 1. Just taking a second to get there. Okay. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up Thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. Under the priest Eli, his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who were not godly men at all, but they had gone to battle against the Philistines, and the Philistines were defeating the children of Israel. 
And so uh, Eli, or, or Hophni and Phinehas came back to the camp, got the Ark of the Covenant, took it out to battle with them, believing that God would fight the battle. But Israel was out of sorts with God, and it did not happen. The Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant. They took the presence of God out of Israel. And David, seven months later, said, I want the presence of God back in my life. Uh, I can't handle just going through the motion. Folks, I don't want to live for God going through the motion. I want the presence of God to lead me and guide me and direct me. So he's wanting to bring the ark of the covenant of God back into Israel. Verse 3, please. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abedidan and uh, Gibeonite and Yuza and Ahino and the son of Abinadad drove the new cart. Everybody say the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadad which was at Gaiba, accompanied the ark of God, and Ahino went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on tapestries and on timbrels and cornets and on cymbals. There was a worship service going on in front of the the, the cart that was taking the Ark of the Covenant. I just want to paint a picture for you. It, it was a time of worship before God. And when they had come to Nacon's threshold, Yusa, Yusa put forth his hand to the Ark and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Yusa, and God smote him there for his error, and he died by the ark of God. Let's back up. You see the story. David had good intentions. I want to bring the ark of the covenant, the presence of God, back to Israel. But I'm going to tell you his method was wrong. Anybody here that's saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions? One of these days I'm going to serve God. One of these days I'm going to get on fire for God. One of these days I'm going to learn to pray. i got good intentions. One of these days I'm going to get in the word of God. See, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. David had good intentions, but what he did was wrong. It was a new cart. But it was never God's plan that that ark would ever ride on a cart. You know what rode in the cart? The outside of the tabernacle. The brazen altar and the brazen lever. But the Ark of the Covenant was never, never to ride on a cart. See, David had good intention, but he didn't follow the plan of God that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. He said, I'm going to tell you how to handle the presence of God. I want you to build this box. And it would be out of chittim wood. 
And then I want you to overlay it with, with gold. And then I want four rings on the box, one on each side. And then I want you to take two poles, and I want you to, 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 to wrap it in gold, dip it in gold, and, and run the staves through these poles, through those rings. And then I want you to pick it up, four men. You're going to pick it up, and you're going to carry it on your shoulder. God always wants to be with you. God always wants to walk with you. You need to bear the burden of God. God, come on. It doesn't need to be on a cart. You don't need a new way to serve God. You don't need a new method. So we begin to realize that, that God has a specific plan for your life and my life and how He wanted it to, to, to take place and what He wanted it to be done. And so David ha had to go back and realize after Uzzah died, it, it shocked him. It, it floored him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what's going on? We're just trying to bring the ark back. Humanity can never touch deity unless it's repented. As good a Uzzah was, he touched the very presence of a holy God. Come on, we sing holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Do we understand how holy God really is? He's filled with mercy. Yes, he is. He's filled with love. Yes, he is. He's filled with grace. Yes, he is. But I got to walk in that grace and I got to walk in the mercy that God showed me. God did not allow me to come out of the world of addiction to stay in my addiction. He brought me out. Come on. He doesn't save us in our sins. He saves us from our sin. And it's strange that we'd want to put something on a new car and try to serve God that way. No, I need to come back to God and realize, God, uh, I don't need a new car. I just need to get in the presence of God and let God do something in my life. I don't need a new way to serve God. God wanted you and I to experience some things and, and, and to understand. The ark was carried on the shoulders of men because they were set apart. They were of the Levitical priesthood, and they, they, they were to be set apart. Could you imagine if you were one of the men chosen to carry the Ark of the Covenant of God? You talk about special. So this, this was a, an amazing thing. It, it was something special. It was carried on the shoulders of men because the Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Have I lost my fear for God? That if I try, that I'm looking for something new, a new way to serve God. You know why I'm looking for a new way to serve God? Because I want one with no demands. I want one with no burden. I don't want to sacrifice. I don't like that word, sacrifice. Well, everything that God did was about sacrifice. Come on, they sacrificed bullocks and lambs and oxen and turtle doves. And then Jesus become the ultimate sacrifice at Calvary. And yet I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to give up this world that I could have him, that I could walk with him, that I could carry him on my shoulder, that I could take him everywhere I go. And I would hear that voice of God that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always even unto the end. Why? Because I'm carrying him everywhere I go. I'm taking God with me. I'm carrying him on my shoulders because I have a love for God and a respect for God. I don't know about you. I still stand in awe today, 40 years later, that God chose me. You know how many billion people are in this world today and God has chose you? Do you realize how 
privileged we are. How honored that we should be that God looked at our life when we were upside down, backwards, laying in a gutter. Some of us he found in jail. Some of us he found in dope houses. Come on. Some of us he he found just a mess in life. And he said, I choose you. I want you. I'm going to work in your life. I'm going to make something out of your life. Do you realize? he? I didn't choose God. I don't know where people get this. I chose to serve the Lord. Really? Like God would be in such honor if I chose to serve him come on he called me said boy you had enough pain yet you had enough heartache yet you tired of laying in your vomit yet come on you tired of your life upside down you tired of no job you tired of being homeless and then I said yes Lord follow me follow me You want out of this young man? Follow me. Young lady, you don't want to live that way anymore? He said, follow me. Do you realize we all follow something? Some people, it's athletics, games, football, NFL, NBA, baseball. Some people are are, are movie junkies, and they follow movies. And and on the latest one coming out, see, everybody follows something. I want to follow the Lord. I'm going to follow anything. I want to follow something that leads me to to those pearly gates. I want to follow something that says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. Because I'm telling you, all the rest of that is just a new cart. The men who carried the Ark of the Covenant could still smell the smell from the burnt offerings and the sacrifices reminded them how their sins were purged. You keep God close enough to you that you can understand He still purged my sins. He still found me in a ditch somewhere. If I got so far from God that, that, that I think I did this on my own, look what I've accomplished, or do I still understand if it wasn't for God, I couldn't be here today in understanding. Come on, the Bible said God resists the proud, but He gives grace unto the humble. I, I, God, help me. we got to humble ourselves before God. God is particular on how he wants things done. The cart was made of wood, cheddar wood, Achaia wood. And the altar, the brazen altar, wood represented humanity. Humanity is never equal with God. It had to be overlaid with gold because gold represented purity. And God is pure. And so this is what he wanted. Amen. This is how it had, had, had to happen. And so, again, we, we let God begin to, to work in our life. This new cart represents strange fire. Turn with me to Leviticus chapter 10, verse number 1, please. I want to show you something here that, that I think becomes important as we're looking. Again, David's motives were good. I want to bring the ark of God back. There, there's, that, that was commendable. But how we did it wasn't commendable, was it? These are the two sons of Aaron. This is his oldest two boys. And Aaron's sons were trained in the priesthood. How to do sacrifices. How to do things. Now again, you're going to have to do it the king's way or you're not going to do it at all.
I need chapter 10 there, brother. Leviticus 10 and 1. And Abab and Abinahu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense therein and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. If you go to the Living Bible translation, that word strange fire there is unauthorized. That, that's not authorized by me, God said. That's unauthorized. That's strange fire. Let's go back and pick this story up and, and, and backtrack and come forward just a little bit. In, in the previous chapter, we deal with the, the sacrifice that was being given, okay? And the Bible said in the last verse of chapter 9, and the fire of God came out of heaven and it consumed the sacrifice because how it was laid out was exactly how God wanted it. And that was a fire that would consume it. The fire that came from heaven. But the two boys went to where they cooked the meat. And they took the fire from a campfire. It was strange fire. It wasn't the fire that God wanted. And if it had to be taken from an earthly place, it would have to have been the altar of sacrifice. But they didn't take it from there. And they brought it there. Verse 2. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Why? That's strange fire. That's unauthorized. I didn't approve that. That's not how I want you to live. Come on. There are two fires in Scripture. Holy Ghost fire and hell's fire. Come on. You and I, when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, He said you would be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Why is fire important? It's a cleansing process in my life. It's a purifier in my life. And He said, that's why I wanted you baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I'm going to bring you into my image. There's things that have to be purified out of your life. There has to come change. I can't stay who I was. And if I will develop a prayer life and I will seek God, He's going to talk to me about things in my life that, that need cleaned out, that need purified, that if I'm going to walk with Him. But when I hear the voice of God and I don't want to listen to God, then I start looking for strange fire. Well, I don't want to make that kind of commitment. I'm not interested in that kind of dedication. Surely there's got to be another way to serve God. Another venue, another avenue, something less, uh, less committed. Strange. Strange fire. I want the fire that fell from heaven. Can you give me verse 10 of chapter 10 there? See, God is trying to help us understand. I, I'm going to have to come God's way. It, it's just God's plan. God said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And if I let those things in my life, it's strange fire. It's on a new cart. It's not what God designed for my life. Come on, he saved me. He said, that's not how I want it done. I want you to carry my presence. You know, it's easy to put things on a cart. It takes no energy. The cart will move it. Come on, God intended you to, to be involved in the miracle, involved in the work of the kingdom of God. That's why you got to carry that ark. That's why you got to get in an altar somewhere and die out to sin. That's why the altar's here. Come on, the altar's to alter your life. 
I don't come to an altar to remain who I am. I come to an altar and say, God, if my language is wrong, help me die out today. God, if my attitude's wrong and how I'm treating people wrong, help me die out today. Come on, that, that, that's the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's God's fire working in my life. Or God may convict me about how I'm doing things in my life and say, that's strange fire, young man. You need to get to an altar and repent and get the real fire of the Holy Ghost burning in your life. Amen. So God begins to help me understand that there's this fire that's got to burn. And there went out fire from the Lord. Uh, 10 and 10, Leviticus 10 and 10. And so the Lord is helping us understand that you may put a difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. That's where the fire comes in. The true fire of God. The Holy Ghost fire burning in my spirit is going to let me understand what's good and what's not good. What's right and what's wrong. How to do what God pleases God. How to stay away from the things that don't please God. Why? Because everything else is strange fire. you got to realize that God's trying to do something in our life. He's trying to help us realize. Strange fire kills our effectiveness for Him. I'll never be able to accomplish what he called me to do if I'm trying to use strange fire. I'll never see what God fully intended because of strange fire. Folks, starting with me today, we all look for the path of least resistance if we've got to do something, don't we? Am I by myself in this? I mean, if we've got to do something, we're going, we can do it the hard way, we can do it the easy way. See, that's human nature. And if I'm not careful when it comes to God, I'm going to try to find an easy way to do what God said. I never intended that to be that way. I intended sacrifice. I intended commitment. Come on. He said, if you suffer with me, you reign with me. So we, we have to realize there's times that God takes us through things to develop things in my life, to get things out of my spirit sometimes. I need this trial. I need this hard place in my life. I need this difficulty right now. I may not see why. I may not even understand, but let God finish what He's trying to do. So don't look for a new cart today. Don't look for strange fire. I can get out from under this. I, I can get away from this. I, I, I don't have to make this commitment or, or this dedication. Come on, Demas has forsaken me, Paul said in Timothy, uh, having loved this present world. He got caught up in strange fire. He's looking for a new cart, uh, a new way. Lord, I, I just... just Carry me along, God. I, I don't want to walk. I don't want to bear the burden. I don't want to be a part of what you're doing. God, just give me the easy way. Have you ever noticed that heaven's uphill? This trek is uphill, folks. It's not downhill. If living for God was easy, you couldn't get them in the buildings. You really couldn't if it was easy. But it's not always easy to live for God, is it? You face misunderstandings. People uh, accuse you of things. Different things happen in your life. They, they, Jesus said, if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. Then we act shocked when somebody doesn't treat us right. Whoa, what just happened? 
I warned you. So don't look for a way out. Lift your hands to God and say, God, what are you trying to show me today? What are you trying to teach me today? God, what's your plan here? I'm fighting against what you're trying to do in my life. And so, God, I pray, help me to stop fighting and simply surrender. What are you trying to do in my life? See, God wants to help us. Amen? So, strange fire kills the effectiveness of God. Folks, you can't do it in yourself. Isaiah 64 and 6 said, my righteousness is as filthy rags. So what I think I'm going to accomplish in myself, God said, that's just filthy rags. See, because that's flesh and pride and, and all that stuff begins to come in. And God said, but the, but the fire needs to refine that out of you. Uh, you. You need to find a place of becoming humble before God. He said, if I would humble myself, he would exalt me. Come on. It's not the easy way, but it's the way that God changes and transforms a life. It's the way that God becomes real to you. It's a way that you don't say, I wonder if God's real. But you've allowed the Spirit of God to work in your life. Jeremiah 6 and 16, Thus saith the Lord, stand in the, in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where in the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. I don't need a new way, just keep me on the old path. I like what Proverbs said, remove not the ancient landmarks. There's some things that God established in landmarks that you got to hold on to. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. That is a landmark in your life. Be ye holy, for I am holy. That is a landmark in your life. Come on, you got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. That is a landmark in your life. Remove not the old landmarks landmark. Don't get a new cart. People say all you got to do is believe and you're home free. There's no Bible for that. There's Bible taken out of context. But there's no Bible for all you got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You'll say, but that's what the book of Romans, the 10th chapter says. That's exactly what it says. But Paul is talking to a group of saved people. People already been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking with God, had problems in their life. He's bringing them back to remembrance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You better get back to believing God. You better get back to where you belong with God. Didn't you believe what happened in your life? Didn't you believe how God touched your life? See what I'm saying? So, so again, see, I'm looking for a new car. I'm looking for an easy way out. I, I'm here to tell you. You say, it's a lot of work to pray, preacher. I know it is, but thank God for the rewards of learning how to pray. Come on. You say, that Bible sometimes I get a little, you know, struggle with. That's okay. The reward of learning that Bible and walking with God is far greater than friendly, friendly fire out there and, and, and strange fire. I do not believe for a minute that people will make it to heaven unless it's absolutely the desire of your heart. In Revelation chapter 3, the Bible talks about several groups of people. God said, I wish that you were either hot on fire for me are just downright cold, bitter, and hateful. He said, but because you are lukewarm, I'm going to spew thee out of my mouth. 
See, I wasn't on fire for God. I was just trying to hang in the middle. Not too much commitment. Not too much sacrifice. Not, not too much burden to bear here. Pray 30 seconds a day and everything's cool. Read one proverb a day, maybe once a week. We're good. No. No. He wants you to walk with him. He commanded, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman not need to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Come on, when you and I stand before God, there'll be no excuses. All this is in here, and I have to begin to realize God's trying to do something in my life. Amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5, and we begin to realize that, that God's got a plan. Come on, the king's got a plan for your life. God's got a purpose for your life. And, and he wants us to walk in this. I, I, I want you to see some things here this morning that God is trying to do in your life. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, the good news, which I preach unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. This is what I'm holding on to, what God's done in my life. By which also ye are saved, if, on the condition, you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, or could I use the word, Paul said, I experienced this. I'm not talking about something I didn't experience. This is what I experienced. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas of them the twelve. And it goes on. Seen of five hundred. So we know Paul's coming back to there's something that happened here. Let's go to Acts 2 and 37. 38, 39. Again, this is what the scripture is trying to help me to understand. I don't need a new cart. I just need the word of God. I just need what God's got for my life in trying to help me understand, God, what do you got for me? Let me ask you a question. If God had more for you this morning, would you be interested? I want more. Thankful for what I have, but desperate for more. I want to get closer to him. Paul made a statement in, in Philippians, the third chapter, he said, Oh, that I might know him. Now, here's a guy that wrote 14 books of the New Testament. Oh, that I might know him. I want to know God. That word K-N-O-W there is a word dealing with intimacy. I want to know him. I want to get close to him. I want to feel his heartbeat. I want to hear his voice. I want to feel his arms around me. See, I, I want to know him. And we've got to be like Paul. Even whatever God has done for you, through you, and in you, thank God for that. But Paul helped us understand here, that's not enough. That's not what's going to get me to the other side. What am I going to do for God today? What are my plans tomorrow if the Lord gives me tomorrow? Will I spend time with him in prayer? Will I get into the word of God. Well, I pray God use me. Well, I pray God develop me. See what I'm saying? He's wanting to know this thing has to be ongoing. You, you just can't come to a place and say, okay, I've got enough. 
They've just heard death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Acts chapter 2, dealing with the birth of the church. To understand this second chapter, Peter just preached to Jews, to some of the exact people that hollered, crucify him, crucify him. He's not our king. Same ones in that crowd, some of them he healed. Some were lepers, some were demonic. Come on. Some had blinded eyes, but God had opened them up. In that same crowd, here's all that. And Peter preaches to them. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What is God's plan for my life? You know, I, 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 have, I have screamed crucify him. I denied who he even was. I denied the work in, his, in my life that he did. And this is what he said. First thing you're going to have to do is repent. Jesus died on the cross for sin. I repent in dying to sin. That's why there was an animal sacrifice. There had to come death. Thank God I don't have to die physically, but I have to die to this world. That's why the Apostle Paul said, and I die daily. God is not a puppet, and God is not a toy. That whenever I need him, I get him down off the shelf. Anybody heard the term jailhouse repentance? I spent 20 years preaching in a jail. I heard a lot of jailhouse repentance. But the minute that, it was gray, by the way. The gray door you went out to freedom, they forgot everything they'd repented of and went right back to what they were doing. It was called jailhouse repentance. It wasn't a true death. It wasn't a true dying out. It wasn't a true place of saying, God, if you get me out of this, famous words, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you. See, when I come to a place that I mean that, God, if you'll help me, I'm, I'm going to serve you. Do you realize when you make that statement, you made an oath to God? That's why he won't leave you alone. That's why he comes to you in your sleep. He comes to you on your job. Uh, he has somebody witness to you. <clears throat> Just reminding you, you said this 10 years ago. Just reminding you, remember when you were in jail and you said, yeah, I, I haven't forgot. I did my part. I changed the judge's mind. I know he should have sent you up, but he chose to let you go. Come on, the mercy of God. The mercy of God. And so as Jesus died for sin, I die in an altar to sin. I'm done, Lord. No more drugs. I'm done. The church I pastored in Oregon, it was nothing to see pot pipes up here. It would be nothing to see needles laying there. It would be nothing to see bags of dope laying on an altar. Because they came to an understanding of what repentance was. Change of heart. Change of mind. Change of direction. And they begin to realize, I can't have this. This is strange fire. See, I'm trying to meet my needs with this. Pornography. Strange fire. New cart. Not the way God planned it. It messed my life up. 
If I think this is my way out, this is what I need to make it. No, 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 no. That's a new card. That's strange. But if I'll come to this altar and say, God, I can't quit this on my own. But I, I know that you deliver. God, you'll take away urge, crave, desire, all of that, God, if, if I will die out. If I will put it on this altar, God, you'll take it. And God said, I'm ready. But this is where I die. He died for sin. I'm dying to sin. The Bible said they took him off of a cross and they buried him in a tomb. Romans 6 said, therefore you are buried with him in baptism. What are you going to bury? Everything you repented of. God, I'm sorry for how I've lived my life, how I've behaved, how I'm living my life. And, and I don't want to live this way anymore. But God, I've repented of my sins. And now I'm going to ask you to wash it all away. And God not only washes your sins away in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, but he gives you a brand new conscience toward God. You get the authority to use that name in prayer. Come on. You take on that name. In, 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 we are the bride of Christ. But in a Jewish wedding, the moment, the moment that those that, that couple comes together and understanding we're going to get married in a year or whatever it may be. Do you realize that she was allowed to use her husband's name to do any business transactions that she wanted? Come on, we're the bride of Christ. Tonight we're engaged to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, when you get in the waters of baptism, I'm going to give you the authority of my name. You'll be able to use my name. And we use it in prayer. And asking God to help us stay victorious and overcoming. And then we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Where John the Baptist said, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I want the fire of Pentecost in my life. I want a fire burning in my spirit that said, Lord, I love you. I'm going to walk with you, God. We're getting too close to the end, Lord, for me to give up now. So look for a strange fire. Go buy a new cart. Look for a new way to serve God. I, I, I want to serve God the, the way the king wants to be served. He's particular how things are done. You're not going to get to heaven if you're not born again. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. Except a man be born again in John 3, 5. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. A man must be born of the water and of the Spirit or you cannot enter in. Living for God is not going to Burger King. See, at Burger King, you get it your way. Hold the tomatoes. Extra lettuce. Do you have any jalapenos? Put them on. See, but we drive up to the window of God sometimes and we say, I, I don't know about that repentance. What do you mean I got to give up that? I don't give up that. I want to change my life. See, we can't come our way. We come his way. He died for our sins. He took my place. I should have been the one hanging on that cross. He didn't sin, I did. But thank God he didn't say, you're going to have to die for your sins on that cross. He just simply said, if you'll repent, if you'll work on being what you need to be. Folks, none of us are perfect here today. Everybody starting with me. We are sinners saved by the grace of God. I'm only one decision from ending up in hell. One bad decision. Not seeking God's direction. Not seeking God's will for my life. God, is this okay? I could make one bad decision to turn my life upside down completely. 
steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Where are you at today? Receiving the Holy Ghost is easy. If I've repented of my sins, you're a candidate for the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is worshiping God. We come in in song service. We lift our hands, our hearts, and our voices, and we begin to worship God. To receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I just simply lift up my hands and my heart, and I begin to worship God. As I begin to worship God, the Bible said, for with stammering lips and another tongue would he speak. I have to be obedient to God. When you begin to worship, you're going to feel stammering lips. Tongue. That's only the beginning. Now I have to yield. And i got to speak what God gives me. Come on, the Bible said in Acts 2.4, and they spake as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. God will give the utterance to you. Come on, I want Holy Ghost fire. I want the fire that falls from heaven on that sacrifice. I'm not looking for fire over here from some other means. Hey, preacher, fire's fire. Uh, not in God's economy. Some of it's strange fire. I, I don't want strange fire. Will you stand with me today? Where are you at with God today? Have you ever been baptized? Have you ever made a commitment? Have you ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Is there something in your life that that, that you struggle with that you want to get out of your life don't look for a new cart keep coming to this altar it works I've been there I've come and I've laid it on the altar keep putting it on the altar just keep laying it on the altar come on we're going to make it we're going to get through this thing come on greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world come on I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me come on where's my faith at in God Where's my trust that, that God is going to bring me through this? God's working in my life. He's got a plan for my life, but i got to be careful of a new cart and strange fire. I won't get where God wants me. Anybody willing to pick up the ark today? Put it on your shoulder? You willing to bear that? To walk under the presence of God? It's what he requires. He showed us by Aaron's two boys. Go home and read the rest of the story. It gets even worse. You know what God told Aaron? Could you imagine if you just lost your two boys? Your two oldest boys? See, because in the Bible, then they would put on sackcloth and ashes and they would mourn. God told Moses, you tell him, don't he dare. You're not going to mourn for them boys. They're going to take them outside the camp and get rid of them. But you don't get to mourn. No sackcloth, no ashes. You're going to go on as if nothing happened. Why? I told them how to handle the presence of God. And they didn't listen. I told them what I required. But they did it their way. Therefore, God said, I'll have nothing to do with that. And Aaron's next two boys take over in giving the sacrifice. Could you lift your hands right now and just begin to worship the Lord? Would you give him time to talk to you this morning? 
need you today. Lord, help me. You're an ever-present help in time of need. Just begin to worship him. Begin to talk with him. Talk with him today. Let him speak to your heart today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to open this altar. If there's something you'd like to put on this altar today, this altar is open. If you would like to get closer to God, this altar is open today. God, I need you to alter my life. Because the direction I'm headed, I don't think it's pleasing to you. So I'm asking you right now, God, help me. Come on, you're responsive to God today. Oh, I need you today. 